Welcome to Maximum Mom with Elise Bowie, where you'll hear from women who are navigating the same messy journey as you. Lawyering, entrepreneurship, and mothering. What a trifecta. We're here to share tips, resources, wins, losses, and encouragement for moms who are raising a family while building a law firm. So you feel less alone in your journey toward a fulfilling career and being the best mom you can be. Welcome to the Maximum Mom podcast today. I am so excited today to have Sharon Christie talk to us. She is, well, Sharon, you tell us. Tell us what you do now. Okay. I am a lawyer. I was a lawyer for many years. In the last 16 years of my career, I had a solo practice um, handling disability cases. Now I am a business strategist and business coach. Uh, My target audience is women lawyers and solo and small firms, because that's what I did for most of my career. And my goal is to help women lawyers to create the practice that serves their needs best. Oh, I love that. Wow. Okay, we're going to delve into that. Well, as you might know, a lot of times when I start this podcast, we talk about people's family and, you know, what who's in their family and everything. So tell us a little bit about your family. I think I understand you have some some old stepkids. <laughs> correct. Correct. I married later in life much later in life. In fact, it was so much later. And my now husband took so long to propose everybody, my extended family, all my friends, first words out of their mouth to him when we got engaged was, it's about time. What took you so long? So I was fortunate enough when I married him to then have two stepchildren who were grown, pretty much grown. My stepdaughter was at that point out of college and married. My stepson was in, when we got married, he was in medical school. Uh, Yeah. So, and now, and I do laugh about this. I have six grandchildren and I say to my girlfriends, okay, I have no biological children. I say to them, how is it that I have no children, but I have more grandchildren than all of you. So I- Yeah. Yeah. So I'm having a ball with that. I'm just having so much fun with them. Yeah. That is wonderful. I love that. How fun. Now, do they live near you where you get to spend some time with them? Half and half. So three live within an hour. The other three are much farther away, but we're actually going to go see them later this week for a beach vacation. So it's fun. fun. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I really want to dive in and talk to you about your coaching business. I mean, I find it fascinating and I have checked out, I think your guide, like the Bold Woman Lawyer's Success Guide, I found to be super helpful. Tell us a little bit about your coaching business, kind of what, I mean, what is your why? How did you get into coaching in this business strategist? So it came out of my own experience as a woman lawyer deciding to go out on her own and looking for help, looking for people who could show me the way. And I was looking for women and I couldn't find any. And I had many mentors along the way and they were men and that's fine. They, I mean, I'm not saying that they were bad at what they did. They were good at what they did, but they did it from the male point of view, right? And so I was in masterminds and it would be almost all men. And I'd hear about how they would approach business problems and what they were doing with marketing, et cetera. And I learned the principles, but I realized that it just, 
a, a lot of the implementation, it just didn't resonate with me. And I had to do it my own way. And so I figured out how to do it my own way. But when after 16 years in private practice, uh, in solo practice, I'm sorry, many years, many years in private practice, but I got to the point where I really wanted to, I had been thinking about coaching and business strategy for a long time. And, and I finally decided it was a time to do it. So there's a, a disability lawyer I know very well. She's an excellent lawyer. And we came to an agreement. I'm of counsel with her firm. She's handling all of my disability cases. I consult with them as needed. And then I'm available for all of my former clients as needed. Uh, so she took that over so I could get in full-time to the to the coaching because I want to be for other women lawyers the person that I needed as I was coming along but just couldn't find so right. that's how I got into this I love it well and tell us a little bit about how you can work with people because I think your model is one that is very interesting and different than a lot of the coaching models out there Yes. So I have two ways that I work with people. I, I either do what I call a mini intensive where we focus on one challenge that my client really wants to dig into and come up with an action plan for that one uh, challenge. And it's a one session and we do that. Or I do six months one-on-one -on -one coaching, which is customized for where my clients are. So some clients are coming out of a bigger law firm and are going out on their own, or they may just be coming right out. Uh, maybe they've been with government service and they want to set up a solo practice, or they have a practice that has reached a certain level and they want to get to the next level. And so I work primarily with women in solo and small firms. Now, when I say small, I'm talking about maybe five lawyers or less. I know that, you know, the ABA says small is much bigger than that. But I'm talking about, you know, typically small, smaller law firms, because it's easier to make decisions when you have just yourself or just a couple other people to work with. Well, girl, you're preaching to the choir. <laughs> about that I mean, our office has gotten pretty big and I joke sometimes I'm like well I'm gonna have to ask 12 people before I can get approval of what oh. I'd like to just do and yeah it's a process I mean it you know obviously we could have a whole nother show on that all the, could. the positives of you know really being able to really delegate off things that are not in my my wheelhouse or not my strong suit, yes. you know, really bringing up people and, and raising leaders in my firm to make those decisions and move forward in things where they are better at it than I am. But sometimes you do get wrapped up in some bureaucracy that you probably don't necessarily envision when you're doing exactly. all this. Exactly. exactly. I loved it when I was solo. It was like, well, I only have to agree with myself. Exactly. Uh, you know, good, bad, or indifferent. I'm the decision maker, and exactly. I don't have to convince anybody but me that this is the way to go. So Absolutely. it worked out okay. Yeah. Well, I really want to dig in a little bit to your the mini intensives because sure. I find that to be, I mean, really powerful that you offer this. And I actually wish 
more people thought about this in this way, because I do think a lot of us, I know me, and I mean, maybe I'm slow in the uptake, but there's sometimes something that I just find myself thinking about a lot and really kind of stirring around. And I almost need that objective person who like, you know, is not involved in any of it to just come in and kind of help. I mean, can you give us an example of what a mini intensive subject matter might be, how you work with somebody in that session? What does that look like? Sure. In fact, I I just uh, finished one last week, and this was with someone who was adding a different area of practice Mm -hmm. and really wanted to focus on how am I going to market to this for this type of practice and had some questions, specific questions about email marketing and what were some other options. And so that's what our whole session was about. Let's dig into this area of practice. Who do you want to serve within that area? Because, you know, frequently I find people say, oh, I want to do X family law. Okay, let's Mm -hmm. say family. That's fine. But if you're going to craft a message, a marketing message that will be effective, you need to be a lot narrower than I'm doing family law. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Is it, you know, who is it? Is it the empty nesters who can't stand each other anymore? Or is it, you know, professionals who have a lot of, may have a lot of uh, asset issues? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, is it a couple with young children, children that are approaching college, et cetera? I mean, you know better than I, because you're the family lawyer, but first we had to work in on, let's narrow the field down a bit and figure out who for you in your practice is your ideal client? Because it's different for everybody who oh, you really want to work with 100%. and who you work best with. Yeah. And so uh, we spent some time doing that and then focus because she really wanted to focus on email mm-hmm. and email messages. And so we crafted some messages and some follow-ups and, and came away with an action plan in terms of, you know, this is who you're ideal client is. This is the message you want to send. These are the sample emails. This is how frequently you would do it. Here's some other ideas you may want to consider also to add to your arsenal in terms of your marketing tools. So we came away with that action plan for her to implement. So that's what the intensive is about. It's let's focus completely on that issue that you're thinking about or that you are challenged by Mm -hmm. and come up with an action plan for it that you will implement now. Yeah. And so, you know, that's what that's for. The one-on-one is more for helping with the actual implementation. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So sometimes somebody could do one of these intensives and then they might decide to come on as a six-month client as they're implementing all of these things. That's exactly right. And so we do the intensive. There's a week of follow-up emails when we're finished. And then I have, you know, I have a a discount if somebody within a certain period of time decides, you know, I really need somebody to help hold my feet to the fire and help me make sure this all gets implemented. And that then is a discount off of the the six-month coaching. I mean, I think the accountability piece is key. I mean, I don't know about you, but that that is definitely my struggle is, I mean, I'll have a million ideas, but actually executing and implementing on them 
or delegating to the right person to execute and implement on them. I mean, that's where the real magic happens, you know. Totally. It totally is. And that's what, you know, we all struggle with that. I mean, I have a business coach now for to work with me on my coaching business to hold my feet to the fire because do I know what I need to do? Yes. But it's one thing to know what you need to do. It's a whole nother thing to actually be held accountable for it. And to have somebody that you can bounce the ideas off of. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it's just game changing. I mean, I feel like I have said to people, you know, people call me all the time, you know, younger lawyers or whatever, and they just want to ask me questions. You know, I'm not a coach, so, you know, I don't charge them anything and I talk to them. But every time I tell people, I'm like, oh, the money I've spent on coaching has been money well spent almost every single time I have really been able to propel myself and my firm forward in a way that I would not have been able to do on my own. I mean, despite whatever knowledge lives in my head, actually getting it done is such the big, important part of this. It is. And it helps you to sort of clear the clutter out of your head because there's so, like you said, Elise, you have tons of ideas, but you have to have a, a way to sort that out. And doing it with the coach is really the, I think, the easiest way to get to where you want to go. That's certainly been my experience because I got a ton of great ideas, but I need to really get focused on which is the best route for me to take and how do I get there? Absolutely. Well, and I find there's so many at least again, for me, I mean, I can use different coaches, like I can use a business strategist coach in one area, but then I might need a mindset coach in another area. Like if I'm struggling with something where I know it's kind of like my own mindset is kind of the hang up or I'm having to get over my own, you know, limitations. Yes. And that, I mean, so I have really utilized a variety of coaches in a variety of different settings and still do and find it really helpful. I mean, just the other day I had a coach say something, literally I have no idea what she said the whole other hour, but she said one thing to me that has completely changed the way I think. And when I think of how many times a coach has done that for me, just said, one thing, and it has truly just unlocked one of those aha moments where I'm like, whoa, I have been looking at this wrong for 54 years. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of game changing, you know? It is. Absolutely, it is. And yet it takes sort of getting out of your own head to be able oh, yeah. to see that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally, totally. But I mean, it is some powerful stuff. And I really, I often... I encourage people and a lot of times younger people, you know, they have young children, they're starting firms. These people are busy. I mean, they are scrambling in a million different directions. I remember what it was like to have a house full of toddlers. I mean, it is no cakewalk. But I I tell people all the time, like the money and time you spend on coaching will always be a good return on your investment. I mean, it is, I have never looked back on coaching and gone, oh, well, that was just not helpful at all. I mean, even if I get that one sentence, that one sentence, aha, I mean, it can change like my outlook on every future problem I have. It can, it absolutely can. And what I find with a lot of women um, who are in the situation that you just described, you know, they're trying to start a firm, run a, or run a firm, and they've got little ones at home and, you know, and they think I should be 
super lawyer. I should be the next Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I need to be super mom. I need to be super wife or super partner or whatever. It's like, whoa, 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 step back, you know, step back because we do a number on ourselves when we let ourselves get caught up in that. I have to be the only thing you have to be is yourself. Yep. Exactly. And the best mom that you can be and the best lawyer that you can be. That doesn't mean you're the best lawyer in the world. You may well be, but, you know, you don't need to be that superstar or hold no. yourself up to a standard that's just not reasonable. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, there's something to be said for being like the best mom you can be in the moment. I mean, because sometimes from one moment to the next, it doesn't quite look the same. <laughs> and <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure you've seen and been around your grandchildren times when, like, it does not look as pretty as it might look on Correct. social media or <laughs> in other settings. And I mean, maybe being the best mom is simply being able to just be present and not lose your mind and not, you know, maybe not even raise your voice in the moment or whatever it is, you know? Exactly. But I mean, having that grace for yourself, I think is, and I mean, I am absolutely one who deals with this. I mean, many people who know me well, I mean, know I have my own internal mean girl. I call her Eloise. And she is often talking smack to me about things. And and I have to like get on her all the time because I'm like, Eloise, that is not fair. Like, where did that come from? You know, and in really being able to engage in that, that talk back to the, your negative self-talk, because I think you're right. We really do a number on ourselves in what we expect. We do. We do. And we allow society's picture of who we should be to affect us. I mean, the greatest breakthrough I probably had uh, for myself was when I got to the point where I said, I don't care what society says. Exactly. I should be what it should look like, what my life should look like, what my practice should look like. No. Because that's not all working for me. And yep. I'm going to do what, you know, what does work for me. And that's okay. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I yes, like amen to that. I mean, learning to get to the point where you give like zero, I won't say the F word on here, but you, you give zero Fs to what other people say you should do and how it should look and what it should be. I mean, when you can get to that point and realize that, I mean, the most important thing you can do is be authentic to who you are and what you believe and how it works for you. It makes everything else fall in line. It totally does. It totally does. And that's true in your personal life and in your business life. You know, if your path is not the standard path, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Running your own practice can be scary, whether you're worried about where the next case will come from, feeling like you're losing control over your growing firm, or frustrated from being out of touch with everyone working under your license. The stress can be overwhelming. We will show you how to turn that fear into a driving force of clarity, focus, stability, and confidence that eliminates the roller coaster of guilt-ridden second-guessing and mistake-making to get you off that hamster wheel for good. Maximum Lawyer in Minimum Time is a step-by-step playbook that shows you how to identify what your firm needs and how to proactively get it at every stage of the game so you are prepped and excited for the inevitable growth that will follow. Name the lifestyle that you want and we'll show you how to become a Maximum Lawyer in Minimum Time. 
Find out more by going to MaximumLawyer.com forward slash course. Well, and it's interesting. I mean, I've been grappling oh, probably over the last few years, you know, as our world has been politically, it's kind of all over the place and a little cray cray in many areas. Yeah. I have been really focused on the idea of really working with people who are similarly aligned. Like, I don't want to work with somebody who I feel like I'm kind of butting up against all the time on our values or in some other way. And it's been interesting to really come to terms with that. I mean, and really being kind of strong and somewhat maybe obstinate in in that, in, in like asking people, like asking vendors and people I'm working with, you know, what do they think about certain things and what, and realizing like, you know, we're not meant for everybody. Just like you were saying, not everyone is our ideal client. Not everyone is our ideal vendor. Not everyone is our ideal business partner. Not everyone is our ideal friend. And that's all okay for us to get discerning about that. You know, it is. It totally is. And so we, you know, we had rules in my solo practice and my team and I came up with our parameters of what cases we would and wouldn't take, both in terms of strength of case, but also in terms of personality of client. And and I had more than one conversation with cases that because I had empowered them to actually do all the intakes. And and sometimes it just wasn't a good fit. And I've had those conversations And, you know, people would get upset, but I would initially, I would say, listen, this is what your expectations are. This is not how this law firm operates. We're not going to be able to meet your expectations. You're going to be frustrated. I'm going to be extremely frustrated, Mm -hmm. but I know there's lawyers out there that can meet those expectations and I'm going to give you referrals. You know, and and it might be to lawyer referral, but this is just not going to work. And so I, you know, stepping out because I had those situations, just as I'm sure you did, where I'm tearing my hair out thinking this client is just not a good fit for me. Yeah. Team is crazy you know, trying to please this person and, and their expect, we can't meet their expectations. Um, and then, you know, beyond that, there are, were some other, how do I say this? There were some other beliefs perhaps that were expressed. And I said, yeah, this, this just right. isn't going to work. So you have to step back, but the best thing you, the first time I did that, it was very tough, you it know, is. very tough. Yeah. Well, when you're a business owner and you're walking away from a paid client, I mean, I don't care how big your business is, how successful it is. I mean, it's scary. I I think it is just plain scary. And I think we have to acknowledge that, you know, when when you are making that decision. I have really tried, though, to understand and embrace every time I'm stepping away from a bad fit, I'm opening the door for two more good fits. See, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And once you put those limits in place and those boundaries in place, you have done just what you said, Elise. You have now opened up time where you're going to find the people who do fit within those boundaries. And, you know, the reality is there's plenty of business out there. People feel like they they come from the scarcity mentality, like, uh, you know, I'm never going to get another client. That's not true. That's not true. You have to have systems in place to keep your pipeline moving and full, et cetera. But there's plenty of work out there. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and especially even in a recession. I mean, I know people are get really nervous when they start, you know, reading about the world and going into a recession and looking at some of the things. I think um, there's so much that can be done to recession proof your office and really, like you say, make sure you have those systems in place that you are keeping your pipeline moving and you are doing everything you can to niche down even farther with your ideal client because those people will become, even if they don't become clients, they will become your referral sources if you are doing what you need to do to truly be serving and providing value out in the world, whether it's marketing, sales, education, whatever that looks like, those people will keep coming and your business will keep getting business. It will. And I I can tell you, I tell this story and people are like, are you kidding? I'm not kidding about this. People remember how you treated them, whether you end up taking them on as a client or not. And more than once, we had people call the office and our motto was, you know, we're lawyers or this is a law firm. My staff was paralegals and legal assistants, but nonetheless, this is a law firm. We provide legal services, but we need to be about customer service, just like any other business. And people were treated so well by my team. They were fabulous that we had more than one occasion, somebody who we turned down referred other people to us and said, but, you know, call them because they'll tell you the straight story. They're really easy to talk to and, and hopefully they'll take your case. I mean, it makes all the difference. I was speaking with actually Jordan, I think, who introduced you and I. Like yes. and I was saying, Jordan and his family were just at our house yesterday and we were talking about COVID and what happened during COVID. And I was saying how initially I was terrified about what was going to happen. Like, were we going to get new cases? What was that going to look like? And so one of the solutions I put into place was I was going to talk to every consult that came in the door. And in my mind, that was my way of giving back to the community where people were really struggling with all these parenting plan questions and vaccine questions and, you know, exposure to people questions. How do you deal with families and all this stuff? Travel. And I thought, you know, people are struggling in family law right now. And so I thought I can just talk to people. I mean, and whether I can take their case or not, I don't know, but I can at least give them some time, some referrals, some education sources. I cannot tell you how many of those people have turned into referral sources, just a bazillion of them. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. You know, you recognize where people are coming from and what you could do to help them. Yeah. And and people appreciate that. That is it. Business owner is such an important part. I mean, I think of our business as serving others. I mean, Mm -hmm. truly, like it is a service business. And so to figure out where can you serve and in what, you know, what is your ideal community to serve in and in what way? I mean, some people, I'll use Jordan again. Jordan posted something today that was one of the most helpful things I've seen. It was all about social media and how to post different things on social media. And he literally had given each channel in all their specs on, you know, how how large the video could be and the size of pictures and all that. And I don't understand all that. 
but I literally could send it off to my team and say like, this could be really helpful information in a, in an SOP, you know, where we could look and see all this. And you think, how can you do that? How do you serve your community best? And what is your community? Who are your peeps and how can you serve them? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah. And the more you do that, the more it will come back. Uh, Absolutely. Well, tell us, I mean, when you talk about making some of these, you know, bold moves, I mean, I know a lot of people probably think of bold moves as these huge things, but I would imagine, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I would imagine some bold moves are some really small steps to making a change. I mean, tell us how, what are some bold moves you might recommend if people are listening and they're thinking maybe they want to start a new practice area or something. I mean, what are some of those bold moves? So first is what you just mentioned, you know, niche it down as much as you can. And that for many people is counterintuitive, but that's your very first step. And secondly, then, you know, do market research. Now, I laugh when I say that because the first time somebody said it to me, I'm like, what, I have to go hire a marketing company? What are you talking about? That's not what I'm talking about at all. You know, talk to if you have current clients in the area that you're interested in, or if you don't, then that's where online is so helpful. Get into Facebook groups, get into social media groups. What are the issues? What are the biggest burning issues that your potential ideal clients are dealing with? And how can you address that for them? How can you give them helpful information about whatever it is they're dealing with. So, you know, I'll use my disability clients as an example. Across the board, it didn't matter what their level of education was. They had an incredibly high level of frustration with the process, which is totally understandable. And I had a huge amount of free information, videos, written information, in-person seminars, you name it, I did it to simply explain the process to people. It Mm -hmm. wasn't, you know, it wasn't um, uh, complicated in terms of the information I was providing, but it was something that they were having trouble getting elsewhere in an understandable way. In my view, anything that you can do that can get you face-to-face, and it might be, you know, face-to-face online, Mm -hmm. but can actually get you talking to the people that you want to serve and hearing from them and responding to them is something that you want to do because people want that, especially now after all these years of COVID and isolation, et cetera, you know, people want that interaction and feeling of community. So, you know, it might be something as simple as, you know, you're doing Facebook lives, you're doing in-person, I, you know, I used to do in-person seminars, free Mm -hmm. seminars for people who had questions about what in the world is this disability stuff all about. And I did it regularly. And I, I mean, personally, I loved it because I love talking to them, but many of those people never became clients, but they got great information and that was fine. So, you know, think about the ways that you can help people put yourself in their shoes. Mm-hmm. What do they need? And if you can think of a way that you can give them helpful information that they need, do it, you right. know, do it. Even though it may not be the 
the standard, this is how lawyers are supposed to market themselves. You know, forget that. Forget how you're supposed to market yourself, you know, and put yourself in your potential client's shoes. That's to me is the the best thing that you can do. Because once you start thinking like your potential client does, then you understand much better. Oh, it makes you can all do the difference. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, and one thing I, I'm going to add that I think sometimes we lawyers forget, we tend to talk with a lot of big words, I find, you know, and we say things like about motions and, you know, we just use big words that people don't use in their regular daily right. discourse. And so I find that when I talk to people, really talking to people like, at an eighth grade level, even a fifth grade level, and I'm not saying they have a fifth grade education or an eighth grade education, but realizing that all my lawyer nonsense talk is just that, it's nonsense. It doesn't make any sense to anybody who didn't go to law school and spend 20 years you know, doing yeah. it. And yeah. so to lose it all and really be able to talk to people just like they're regular folks. And I find that is really helpful in helping people, especially like you're talking about, understanding the process, because boy, can we lawyers create some convoluted process? Oh, indeed, indeed. <laughs> exactly. And the other thing that I found now, I was in a, a B2C business, business mm-hmm. to consumers. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I found that we forgot all the time was this may be the first time they've ever had to call a law firm. And they, I would have clients feel like they needed to be all buttoned down because lawyers are all buttoned down. They'd say, oh, Miss Christie. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Now, you know, I'm Sharon. Please, I can call you by your first name. Yeah, you really can. It's fine because I'm going to call you by your first name. So anything you could do to bring down sort of the tension level for the client, do it. And, and if it's be casual, then be casual. Exactly. Oh, it's going to go much better. So agree. I mean, (laughs) just being a regular person and admitting when you don't know something. I mean, I find that, I mean, there, I can't count the times I've had to say, I have no idea, but I'll get you the answer. I don't know it and not being not being like guilty or upset or ashamed that I don't know and just realizing that it's okay. I mean, you can't know all the the legal things or I mean, maybe it's just me, but I don't think it's just me. I think most of us can't know everything. And And it's okay to say, I don't know. It's totally okay to say, I don't know. I would frequently say they would be asking me questions and I'd say, I have no idea, but I, you know what, you know, who does know my paralegal knows because she deals with that all the time. I'm going to find out and either she or I are going to call you back and tell you or send you an email um, and fill you in. Or just as you said, I have no idea. I've said to clients, nobody's ever asked me that. I have no idea, but I'll find out. And I'll get back to you. And I did. That's yep. the other part, you know, yep. got to make true. sure you get back to them. But but it's almost like we're you almost feel like threatened, like I'm not a good enough lawyer exactly. if I don't know this. That's crazy. That's no, crazy I don't know. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And just I mean, yeah, I think. Oh, I just wish we all could let go more and more of that idea of perfectionism and realizing that. I mean, we don't know things. We're going to make mistake after mistake after mistake. And that is okay. And that that is just part of life. I'm not at all saying we don't try to avoid mistakes, of course, and learn from them. But I mean, mistakes are inevitable, I think, in all of life. And 
I mean, we got to get comfortable with that and and being able to learn from those things. I, you know, I said actually to my team this morning, I was dealing with something privately with somebody and it occurred to me, I needed to say it more publicly. And so I put something out on our Slack channel. I look at mistakes as if you are strive to be excellent in what you do, kind of like you were mentioning, strive to be the best attorney, the best mom you can be, all those things. You do the best you can in the moment with the information you have. And then if you treat people from a place of compassion and care, and then if you have integrity in all your interactions, like you are telling the truth, you are coming at things from a place of curiosity, looking for the truth, you no matter what mistake you make, you're going to be able to fix it pretty readily, Correct. you know? Correct. And, and so in my mind, that is such kind of an easy way to operate. Like if you're operating with those three things, excellence, compassion, and integrity, it's all going to be okay. It and- is going to be okay. Yes. And, and I, you know, I would tell my team, listen, I made mistakes and, you know, I have to fess up when I did. They made mistakes. I said, these are our opportunities to learn. Why did it happen? How did it happen now? What can we do so it doesn't happen again? Absolutely. And as long as we're doing that, as you said, there's nothing, you know, absent because I was a a litigator, statute of limitations, that's pretty unfixable. But other than that, you know, there's no mistake that we can't fix. But I can't fix it if you don't tell me about it. Right. You know, that is such an. But I think that ties into your work so well, because you think of those intensive. It's those things that are running around in our head that are maybe a potential mistake or maybe a potential problem that we're not seeing the full picture of. And those intensives with you can really help uncover and actually course correct probably some things i would think absolutely absolutely yes and that's the value as you said that's the value of somebody who's totally disconnected from your practice being able to look at it as a complete outsider with obviously background but a complete outsider from your practice to say okay let's break this down and let's figure out how to make things flow in a much better way than they are now, or let's figure out this struggle because there is an answer. There is an answer. There's always an answer. I just love that. I mean, the idea that you do these intensives lights me up like none other. And of course I'm going to be calling you because like, I mean, I think of things where, you know, you're just running around in your head. And again, I know I'm not the only one who has these things running around in my head where I find myself thinking about a problem over and over again. And a lot of times you do need that just completely objective sounding board to help you just think through your logic and make sure you're logically viewing this problem, you know, and you haven't got yourself caught up in something. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I just love that. Well, I mean, Sharon, I cannot tell you how much I've enjoyed talking to you, getting to know about your business. Tell us how can listeners find you? Like what is the best way for them to get in touch with you? The best way is email me, Sharon, S-H-A-R-O-N at boldwomenlawyers.com 
or go to my website, boldwomenlawyers.com. Schedule, I do a, a complimentary free practice and profit audit. Let's talk about what your issues are. And, you know, maybe there's a way we can work together, maybe not, but I can guarantee that you will come away with at least one actionable step to take, whether we work together or not. So those are the best ways. You can also find me on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube, and on LinkedIn. So perfect. uh, any, Any of those ways will work. I am so grateful for your time today in sharing your knowledge and your expertise with the Maximum Mom audience. I mean, we have so many amazing moms that listen to the Maximum Mom, and I know all of us will be interested to learn more about you. So I appreciate it. And I hope you have a great rest of your day and enjoy your beach vacation. I will. Thank you. Thank you so much, Elise. This has been wonderful. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I can't wait to connect again. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Mom Podcast, a production of Maximum Lawyer Media. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. See you next time.